0: There's a lovely phrase, which, um, is actually, I'm going to not quote it exactly. Cause I, I, it's probably, you have to quote it exactly in, in German, but Nietzsche, um, said something along the lines of that anything that, that people have achieved has nothing has been achieved. That's been achieved. That didn't involve long obedience in the same direction. And there's that sense of, um, there's, there's a direction you're going in. You're facing that direction. Okay, now you've got to go and you've got to keep stepping that direction and keep making the choices. Occasionally there's a detour, but you bring yourself back onto the path and that's the direction I'm facing. That's the direction I'm going to go. And you build the thing and you, it's the long obedience in the same direction actually allows things to be. So who do I want to be? Is much more important question than who do I want to do. You know, what do I want to do? <laughs> um, you can do all kinds of things. But who am I in the midst of that? Who am I becoming? And I think I'm still in a sense recognizing that I'm still becoming, even in my advanced age, um, I'm still becoming something. Um, I'm still being formed, I'm still growing. And and oh scary thing. You you kind of look around and you go, Well, where are the all where are all the grown ups? Can't can't see <laughs> and you suddenly realize you're here.
1: I'm Ren McDonald and this is the Hope Initiative a show dedicated to learning about humans on planet Earth, where I speak with everyday people to find moments of success and struggle in their life to help inspire hope in yours. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Hope Initiative. My name is Rin MacDonald. Thank you so much for joining me for what is episode number 59 with Steve Hetherington. Steve and I both met on the Podcasting Fellowship number two, TPF2, which started almost two years ago now in October 2018, and we were both students at the time, I'm based here in Melbourne, Australia, he was in South Wales, just south of Swansea, and that's where our friendship began. We both have podcasts, you're obviously listening to mine, The Hope Initiative, his, The Alpaca Tribe, was formed in that Podcasting Fellowship. And since then, he has gone on to become a podcast coach himself. He's now the head coach of that course. And in this conversation, we discuss that journey for him, as well as so many things to do with his life, starting in Newcastle upon Tyne in the north of England. And we journey around. He recently celebrated as well his 40 year wedding anniversary. So we speak about that. And yeah, quite a few other things his wisdom his accents and so many other things are brilliant about this conversation and I hope you enjoyed as much as I did in having it and bringing it to you. Thanks again to Steve, now over to him. Steve Hetherington, welcome to the HOPE Initiative. Thank you, it's good to be here. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you for joining me. It is 9 a.m. where you are at the minute. It is. In Wales. Yeah,
0: it's it's very strange. This whole time zone thing, still can't get my head around.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and it's 6.39 or 6.40, just clicked over here in Melbourne, Australia. Now, you and I met on a course by the fabulous Seth Godin, the Podcasting Fellowship, which kicked off almost two years ago in October 2018. It's crazy to think that that was... It is. I, w- I was trying to work out the dates and thinking, oh, no, it's only, oh no, it is. It's almost two, two years, years ago, wow. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty crazy. So we met there, we were both students on the course, it was the second edition of, of the podcasting fellowship and yeah. we both started a podcast, this one that I'm now talking to you on, which people are listening to, the Hope Initiative, and yeah. you started your own, which is the Alpaca Tribe podcast. Yeah right and yeah we'll come to talk a little bit about that but of of that i've listened to a few episodes i don't have alpacas myself so it's a bit of a niche podcast as i'm sure you'd appreciate but it's brilliant in in all that you've done and i've listened to maybe half a dozen to 10 episodes over the time and i remembered listening to first couple you know back when you first launched at the start of 2019 it would have been and i listened to episode one again today because i remembered that you you said a bit about yourself in that first episode, more that I'd learnt in that course. Now, I'm, I don't usually do this, I normally let you tell the audience about yourself, but I wanted to just do this if you don't mind. So feel free to correct me. Um, but you will <laughs> be correcting myself. <laughs> so you're a northerner, Northern England is where you grew up, I believe, in Newcastle. Yeah, Newcastle upon Tyne. Newcastle upon Tyne. Um, yeah. You now live in the south of Wales as I mentioned, um, yeah. you studied bio at the University of Norwich, Yeah. and then you worked yeah. as an environmental health officer in London uh, before moving in 2006 to where you now are in Wales. How's that? Yeah, yeah. Little, little it's, bio it's for com- you.
0: It is, compresses everything, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes.
1: Now, what I normally yeah, do no, is, I'm- yeah, I, I let people tell us a bit more about them, so if you can maybe... Unpack that. Start with maybe your your first first memory up there in the north, and and bring us to to present present day. Steve Hetherington, over to you. Yeah. Oh, toddler.
0: I was really really tiny, and there's this little snatch of memory. That's my first memory, and it was um, it was like a one piece nylon waterproof, like a onesie type thing, but a waterproof one. Um, but they weren't that common in those days, but it, it was the, the legs, as I was walking, it was the shh, 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 shh of the, the sound of my, the material on, on the legs kind of rubbing together. And I walked backwards and forwards in the front room of the, of the house. And that was the house where I grew up. I was, was born. Well, I wasn't actually born in the house, but I was, that's where my parents were living when I was born. And I, I spent all my, my uh, early years there uh, and grew up and yeah, it was a great place to to be The <laughs> <laughs> the wind in the north is interesting, comes off the North Sea, and it is cold. <laughs> um, and it's, we, we lived not that far from the city, but also not far from the the sea. So we used to go down to the beach regularly, but there'd be pictures of the family with everybody huddled in coats, except for the kids. Us kids would be in the sea. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and paddling, you know, it was just, yeah, it was a great place to grow up. And, uh, and I didn't realize I was a northerner. Until I went off to university uh, down in Norwich, UEA, and uh, suddenly discovered there were things I said that people didn't understand, <laughs> and they looked quizzically, and I'm thinking, "Oh, right," and I hadn't kind of thought of myself as a northerner at all. I thought I thought south was kind of like Sunderland. You have to understand Newcastle and so on. It's a, it's like you know five miles, ten miles, yeah, twenty miles, and I'm thinking that's south, and and York, well, that's halfway down England, that's kind of deep south, and then. <laughs> well forget london i didn't even have that was not on the, on the radar so yeah so you you kind of have this concept of what the place you you're in is like and, and and kind of the roots that that are there and there's a lot of similarity i've found since we've moved into wales with the place my my parents were, were from consett county durham which is a place that's known for making steel and that is the same thing that this area here, where we're now living in Swansea, there's there's areas of where steel was made, and there's the, the topography, the, the the hills, but it's the community. So there's lots of echoes back to to my early years, of where we're now living here in in Swansea. But it's the community feel, the people, and I don't know whether it's because it's mining or just big and bigger industry, or just because it's I don't know. But there's a real strong community kind of feel here, which there was also in 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 my growing up. Um, and then I, I I expected to go back and I never have. So I left when I was, uh, Oh, 18. Goodness me. That was young, wasn't it? (laughs) I went off to university, um, and I was expecting to go back and, but it never worked out that way. And and I met my wife, uh, well, best friend first and then, and later wife, we, we married as we graduated and we just had our, our anniversary. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, 40 years. right. Thank you. Mentioned before we started. It's a it's a very long time but it goes very quickly so yeah so that was um then we we were in in norwich a great place to be great place for for studying and it's not the place you pass through on the way to anywhere it's a place you, it's right in the middle you you have to kind of go there but it was a that was a great three years of, of kind of growing up and learning i studied biology uh, what do you do with biology well there's a number of things but none of which i really wanted to do discovered environmental health and worked out that that was a a me-shaped job me shaped space so i ended up working in london as an environmental health officer it was a great place for experience but not a great place to be getting to for, we were living in reading at the time which is about um an hour's drive so it was it was quite challenging doing yeah, the, right. the commute um, and then gradually moved closer and worked uh, in the end in, in reading so that was the kind of the, the process with environmental health and i did various things within that and specialized a bit um, and then I got sick. Oh, that was interesting. I, I had a trip to, out to Africa and picked up a virus um, or got bitten by something or actually both things happened, but I'm not quite sure which was the most significant. Yeah. And it triggered it triggered ME or chronic fatigue syndrome. So um, I was off work for 11 months, got back to work part time, but just uh, just wasn't there. And it, it's just the body doesn't work and all the body systems stop working. So the brain fog and the the lack of energy and all that kind of stuff. And so it's been... A challenging times, so that's like sort 25 26 years ago that that happened wow and you kind of have to work differently you have to think differently first of all um i can't do what i did so am i no longer me well no that's not true is it you're not you're not you're not just what you do mm. it's part part of it. it's part of an expression of of it but it's not the sum total so i had to learn to be me <laughs> even though i couldn't do the things that i used to do um, and that's been an ongoing kind of learning. And there are times when things have dipped down, I've got to stay away from viruses. So that's a challenging time at the moment. Yeah. Um, cause my body just doesn't like viruses. It, it really, really takes a long time to recover and, and, uh, I spiral down and sometimes I don't know how far this, you know, the spiral is going to go down. Sure, uh, and then you've got to work your way back again. So it's a question of, of being discreet um, parts parts of your life. This, I can do this bit and this bit and this bit, rather than the whole thing. And you've just got to kind of learn that you, <laughs> the invincibility of youth doesn't last forever, and there are some things you've just got to live with and work with. Mm. So it's been a an interesting an interesting walk, and I, I, you know it's been great having such a supportive wife, um, bet. following me, you know, going that journey with me. So we ended up coming down into Swansea, down to um, here. We we, we went to Reading for a year and stayed 25. Um, and then we came down to Swansea with uh, my wife's job. It's changed. So we, we, we're living in a valley with a lake um, and 39 alpacas. So we, we started breeding alpacas. And and so that's a, a major part of, of life. And we've got this amazing sort of 40 acres of of land and, and water and, and trees. And so it's, uh, it's an amazing environment to to be in and teaches you a lot <laughs> all the time because you 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 ignore something for a while and it it grows yeah. so you don't <laughs> keep the, the brambles cut back they they take over the paths that you made so you've you've got to kind of keep attending to things regularly yeah uh and and not let things sort of slip and it's, it's always a challenge because you kind of think oh I'll, I'll do that later and then all of a sudden oh, i can't believe it you know where are we now august so we're, we've. We're, I'm just waiting for things that I was going to do in the spring. Yeah, and <laughs> it's kind of, kind of past that now. So, the seasons do give you a rhythm, uh, and learning how to work with with a rhythm in your life is really important. I think.
1: Mm. Well, wow, so much I could pick from there. Thank you for sharing all of that. I appreciate it. Okay. So the first thing I, I do want to go to. One thing you mentioned as well in that first episode of your podcast, you said how you had a fondness for animals as a young kid and that you were actually a bit turned off in, in talking, maybe a bit shy in talking to you, to people, talking to humans, and thought that maybe if you became a vet, you know, you'd be able to help animals and talk less to humans, whereas what actually ended up happening was vets spend more time dealing with humans than they do with animals and you do sort of bad things to animals in a sense of trying to help them obviously with with injuries but yeah less less um of that and more talking to humans so how much of that did you explore maybe from the age of 18 or after say high school and in the university did you ever get into that well in terms of, in terms of being a vet yeah you know, from or, a or from, from a young well, age
0: well yeah. I mean, it was, it was one of those things I went through, um, I was a great reader. I used to read a lot <laughs> and it was somewhere along the line. Um, my dad had been down for a meeting down in London and he came back with his book, which was, which was, a like an A to Z of, of, uh, of careers.
1: <laughs> <Wow>.
0: <laughs> so I just, I, I just started at the beginning and worked my way through. So actuary. Okay. What's an actuary? No, no one an actuary is. Let's let's work. So. I decided that wasn't for me, but accountant. No, okay, not, not that either. So I'm working my way through and looking at all these things. But I don't, I'd always had that passion for for animals, but it was a, a very much a romantic notion. It was kind of the call of the wild, you know, Jack London um, book, uh, and I like, I like the idea of of being out in the wilderness, away from people. I was I was a a little bit shy and awkward as a as a teenager. Um, I, you know, we all go through different phases, don't we? Yeah, totally. Um, trying to work out who you are and, and what you're what you're good at and thinking you're not very good at there's always somebody who's better than you and you're not very good at stuff and and girls and all that kind of stuff and it was just all that i th- i know it's far easier let's just avoid people so that <laughs> right. was kind of in the background um of this romantic notion of being off and it would have been horrendous <laughs> when it would probably be very, very beautiful living in canada but i'm not sure i would, wanted to be a, a trapper um killing animals and and skinning them and all that kind of stuff it yeah was wow. just, slightly unreal and the, it's the same with the vet there was a passion and interest in in animals and and the whole kind of vet side of things but there was an unrealism as well in terms of it was the animals I was focusing on rather than recognizing that that interacting with people was a much more significant part of uh, of being a vet and in, in some ways what I'm doing now with the the alpacas it's that there's a fulfillment there um until we had the alpacas, I hadn't realised I had I was a shepherd. I didn't realise I had a shepherd in me. Because uh, I'd never had it. We'd had a dog. That was it. You know, and a hamster doesn't can't, can't really is it? For so, people, for people who don't know, never,
1: what what exactly do you mean by shepherd? What is? Okay, so um, caring for a group of animals. So yep. shepherd
0: typically would be for sheep, but but it's the you're responsible for making sure that they get fed and watered and housed the there's the matings and the the birthings and the uh, and when they die and, and and managing all of that and dealing with all of that and, and being responsible and kind of uh working with them in terms of alpacas as alpacas right so so there are some times i'm saying okay i want the, them to be in this place so i will move them and i will put them and i'll close the gate and so i'm in control but at the same time, I'm I'm working with them in a way that is acknowledging um, and sort of honouring who who they are and how they approach life as, as animals. Because I think that's a better way to care for animals is to 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 treat them and understand them in in a way that's appropriate for for whatever kind of animal it is. So you've got to think alpaca, yeah. <laughs> which is always a challenge. And there are sometimes you kind of you, you're looking at them and you suddenly realise there's an eye that's looking back at you with something be, there's a personality behind that eye that's looking at you and engaging with you. And sometimes, ah, oh, you know, being looked up and down by there's one of the males. He, he, he kind of stares at you, stares at you. And then he looks you up and down like like a dis- really dismissive kind of, huh? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's that interaction with, there's an interest. Um, they're interested in what I'm doing. Um, they want to be around what's happening. Um, but they want it on their. T- it's a bit like cats. They're very friendly, but they want it on their terms. Right. <laughs> so, so there's, but there's a lot of learning to do in terms of how do you do that? And a lot of that spills over then into uh, that kind of shepherding thing is there as well in terms of groups of people and gathering people together and, and caring for them and, and that kind of thing. So that's also been something that we've, we've done through our life through, through, you know, right from early on, I, I was, regularly somebody who was caring for, for the ones on the edge and, and things. Um, and the the ones that got squeezed out of the main group at, at school and that kind of stuff, then I would tend to, to, to befriend them. Right. Um, but partly because, perhaps because I was on the edge, but not, not, not exclusively. I, sort of I kind of, mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a middle person, really. I'm not, I'm not a major leader. Um, I And mean, I can do leading type stuff, but I'm not, that's not my main, I'm not driven to be a leader like some people. Um, but i'm I recognize responsibility and things that need to be done, and we'll we'll move things sort of forward with that. but yeah, so that whole shepherding uh, of the animals has been, yeah, it's learning for 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 looking after our packers, but it's it's also spills over into life generally,
1: yeah, well. That's cool, yeah. I, I guess the reason why I wanted to ask that was because now you're obviously dealing with animals quite intensively, and you, I guess, became you know an environmental health officer as your main line of work for a period there, and I assume you're not doing that now? Is that sort of since you came back from, from Africa? Is that Yeah, you sort
0: of I, I worked part-time for a while, and then, then after a, I don't know, sorry, 18 months, a couple of years, I reached the point where I recognised I, I couldn't... I couldn't do enough. What I was doing was good, but it, I wasn't. I didn't have the capacity to to churn through the work that needed to be done right. uh, as part of a team. So, um, that we decided I would step out of that and and concentrate on getting well, expecting it to be fairly short term. And it turned out it wasn't short term, and it went on uh, and it, for a lot of years. Um, coming down to Wales has done me good, actually. I was I've been in a relatively good phase most of the time we've been been down in Wales. That's good. Um, which is 14 years now. So oh. so that's been a yeah an interesting journey. You just kind of, you work out to listen to your body. You work out how to, when to push, when to recognize that there's going to be an, imp- an impact on tomorrow or the day after. If I do this today, I'm not going to be in a good place tomorrow. So I I've got this amount of energy to spend. How am I going to spend it? What am I going to use it on? And it's energy that's both for thinking and for physical work. Um, and, and I recognize we're, we're whole beings. So how the mind is thinking, how we feel about ourselves emotionally and that kind of stuff has an effect. It's not it's not an expression of depression, mm. which some people feel that the chronic fatigue is. But but, uh, you know, I'm sorry if you're in the midst of all that, you're quite likely to feel depressed. So there's, there's the emotional dimension. There's the physical dimension. And there's, you know, and you've got to kind of go this. This is not me. This, this is the illness, okay, because I used to get panic attacks when the phone rang, wow. but I spent all day on the phone when I was at work. Never a problem, never an issue. And then I'm thinking, okay, well, that's that's interesting because that's not me normally. So that must be an egg, evidence of the illness. So you just kind of go, well, okay, today I can't do that. Mm. And I, I'll work back towards this direction of, of being well again. Right. Or perhaps I don't want to be well. Well, I went through that one as well. Or perhaps, perhaps I'm happy being ill. Perhaps I, I like something about it. It's a safer place, wow. less risk. And and then I had a good phase, and I was I got the energy back, and I realized, no, no, I actually do want to be well. Um, this is where I want to be. It's just if it's not there, it's not there, and you you have to do the best you can with what you've got. Yeah. Um, so. Every day is a choice. Every 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 day for all of us is a choice of what we do with the – what's in our hands, the energy we've got, the focus of attention and that kind of stuff. And some days are more fruitful than others. But if there's a general direction that you're headed in, then you can build step by step and, and actually do something.
1: Brilliant. I love that idea. So who and how have you managed to still progress in life? This is obviously – quite a serious illness. I could assume that your wife has helped you quite a great deal, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. But yeah. absolutely. Could you talk to me about that? You obviously moved to, I would say, a quieter place of the UK. But where and how, yeah, how'd you manage all of that? uh,
0: Yeah. I mean, when we were in in Reading, it wasn't so quiet. It was very much um, sort of an urban setting. Um, And my wife had a a very responsible job uh, in uh, chief executive in, in the health service. So that was that was interesting. Um balancing those things. Um when I was first ill she 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 gave up asking me whether I wanted a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. She just brought me a drink <laughs> because I couldn't make a decision. The simple decision of do I want a tea or a cup of cup of coffee. I couldn't I locked up. I couldn't I, I had a fight to make my my brain and I think ah this is so my wife was, was massively understanding massively supportive really really tough time for her and she she was on her own i i I was absent in such a large extent for such a long time um but she stuck by me and she worked you know with with what i was and if it wasn't a good day she would work with that if it was a a better day we'd have half hour holidays we couldn't do the big stuff so we'd if it was a good a good half hour we could spend we could have a nice sit down cup of tea and, and just have some really quality time and so we learned to make the most of those kind of opportunities as they, they arose, rather than fighting the thing of, you know, it was not supposed to be like this, you know, it was supposed to be, you know, and it's, well, life's a bit like that. Sometimes you get a curveball ball and you can't do what you think you were going to do. So you have to work with, with it, but not just give in, not just accept it, but, but also work with it. You know, you can't do the things, then you can't do them but you can move towards being able to do more of that. So it's this, this kind of tension in there. It's a, it's a lot of a lot of challenge and, and, and overcoming those things step by step, really.
1: Yeah, right. And so you've been married for 40 years. This thing happened yeah. 15 years, if my timeline is correct, into your marriage. hope you don't mind me yeah, asking. But yeah, yeah. was there ever a point where it looked like your marriage might end because of this. I imagine it must've been quite tough. You say there that it was, but if not, how did you guys manage, you say those half an hour holidays? That's beautiful. What else did you do? Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, we, we kept communicating. I mean, there was just a a level of commitment to each other. Um, You know, you go through, (laughs) you go through the wedding service and you, you say various things and, and we took that incredibly seriously. Um, And it's in sickness and in health and it's you, you're saying, this is, I want to, I want to grow old with you. Um, and this is, this is a commitment I'm making and whatever comes, we'll face it together. And that's, that's what we did. And there's been times when, when I've been more able to do things and there's some, some blips with, with Sue's health or whatever that, but then this was a major, major thing. and, And I didn't, I didn't realize just how extensive it was really. Uh, and how, um, how difficult it was during that time. Um, which is perhaps just as well, cause <laughs> it wouldn't have helped me an awful lot. Um, I mean, obviously I was aware of the impact, but just the full, full impact of it, uh, wasn't there. So it's, it's recognizing that you're making a commitment for the long haul. It's not, it's not just kind of while it's comfortable mm. and while it's serving your, your own needs, um, but it's, it's the, the long distance, um, there's a lovely phrase which um is actually i'm going to not quote it exactly because i I, it's probably you have to quote it exactly in, in german but nietzsche um said something along the lines of that anything that that people have achieved has nothing has been achieved that's been achieved that didn't involve long obedience in the same direction and there's that sense of um there's, there's a direction you're going in. You're facing that direction. Okay, now you've got to go and you've got to keep stepping that direction and keep making the choices. Occasionally there's a detour, but you bring yourself back onto the path and that's the direction I'm facing. That's the direction I'm going to go. And you build the thing and you, it's the long obedience in the same direction actually allows things to be. So who do I want to be? Is much more important question than who do I want to do? You know, what do I want to do? <laughs> um, you can do all kinds of things. But who am I in the midst of that? Who am I becoming? And I think I'm still, in a sense, recognizing that I'm still becoming. Even in my advanced age, um, I'm still becoming something. Um, I'm still being formed. I'm still growing. And and oh scary thing. You you kind of look around and you go, well, where are the where are all the grownups? Can't can't see. <laughs> and you suddenly realize you're it. <laughs> and, and it's kind of yeah, okay. I don't feel like a grown up. I still feel <laughs> feel like a teenager or something, or not. Perhaps in my twenties, not quite a teenager anymore. But there's still that sense of inside. I'm still the the young me that that had all those desires when I was was thinking about being a vet or thinking about being in the wild woods. And I still have that 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 sense of hesitancy and stuff in relating to to other people. But I I step over that and. I, I enjoy being with people most of the time, <laughs> um, but I do need my own space as well. So there's that you know you get to know yourself and you 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 develop into something. But what's what's the the direction you're going in is a really important thing to kind of have that long obedience in the same direction is going to build something in you. Um, so the choices you make early on and the commitment we made together to work through that whatever the whatever life throws at us. If it if it never changes from this, then fine, we'll work with that. But the expectation was I was gonna recover and get some energy back and be able to start being much more functional. And that's what happened. Um, but it was a long haul and you know, there's still times <laughs> with a cold or a, you know, any virus type thing, I'm thinking, oh, yes, let's hope this is just a quick turnaround. And so I've got to keep myself fit. I've got to keep, you know, eat well, sleep well, uh, and, and exercise appropriately, not overdue, but got to keep, keep thinking. Because all of those little things, like we were talking about earlier about keeping the weeds away, you have got to keep do the little things in order that the rest of it flows.
1: Yeah. So
0: all oh, sounds very philosophical. Sorry about that.
1: <laughs> no, please don't apologise. Is brilliant. I I wasn't aware that you'd been married for forty years. So I always like to ask people who have been married that long for their thoughts on it. And yeah, I really appreciate that. the we, long obedience. We,
0: we, yeah, we and we we started as good as best friends we started as friends before the, we we were really good friends before there was any romantic kind of it was a funny little uh, the, the switch somehow flicked thankfully it flicked at the same time for both of us <laughs> but it was kind of a oh hey what's going hey what am, what's going on why am I having these feelings what's I thought we were oh, I, mm. so it was it was an interesting challenge kind of working that one through um but it was a really good foundation yeah. of, of a good marriage is is friendship
1: I think that's great. Do you remember what caused that switch? Because you were twenty-one when you got married. That's young. Yeah, I no, mean, young by today's no, standards. Maybe no, we not. didn't. We
0: didn't think so. No, no we no, didn't no. think so. We thought, we thought we were grown up. But yeah, no, we look <laughs> at, at 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 other people around us and 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 friends who've you know got kids and and then their kids become twenty-one and you kind of go, whoa, <laughs> we were really young, weren't we? No wonder my parents and, and his parents were concerned um we did all right we did all right but it's yeah it is. it it is a. <laughs> you you do think uh you know a lot more than you actually do so you need to take on board other people's views as as well yeah. but make your own choices make your own decisions
1: yeah nice did you guys ever have kids have you...
0: no we didn't uh yeah, we, we currently we got um sue's brother living with us I'll well, say so currently, he's, he's been with us for 18, 20, probably about 20 years now. Um, oh, wow. So Sue's Su- mum became unwell and, had, had, and she came and lived with us, and, and Sue's brother has Down syndrome. Okay. And uh, so he needs to be, well, He he's with us, and so we, we, we're caring for him. And he's getting getting a bit older now and bit arthritis starting to kick in and, and various things, so there's there's more of a caring thing happening. But, uh, yeah, so we got an extended household, but we've got you i mean brother in law relationship but in some ways they are the kind of fatherly type yeah, no <laughs> right. things that every now and every now and again i obviously overstep and he says, you're not my father <laughs> <laughs> he's a, he's, a, he's he's a bit of a teenager in some ways um which is yeah he's a great guy we we love having him as part of the part of the household and yeah and uh, yeah so that's yeah no we didn't have kids
1: no no fair enough well that's yeah, that's lovely. Thank you for sharing all of that as well. And it's it's nice to hear that. Yeah, you've been able to to help out with with your wife's brother for quite a long time, quite a long, quite a while there, almost mm. two decades. So, I want to come now to how we met. Um, Seth Godin was the man in the course, the podcasting fellowship. How did you come across Seth Godin? Well, Seth,
0: I. Discovered him quite some time before then, and it was actually a friend of ours who um, he's a graphic designer, but I'm not sure that's <laughs> that's, the, that's the particular reason. But anyway, he, he kind of said, oh, I've, have you come across this? And he, he pointed us to the blog, um, so the blog posts. And so we started, we signed up and we started following and realizing that we started buying the books and recognized this is someone who's got ideas that we connect with. Someone who's talking about things that we can aspire to, things that we can align with with the, the kind of things that we view as important as, as values in our life. So um, it was a, a quite a, a long journey of of being aware of and, and having connection with with his writings, etc. And then, um, hmm, one of those I can't remember exactly it, the podcast podcasting fellowship there was an email or it was mentioned in a blog post or something somehow it came up yeah um now, now sue so at the time was was possibly gonna do a podcast but she was in, involved in something else that she couldn't she didn't have the capacity to do that as well so how about i do the course and then i can i can sort of help sue to see and then and we, she can have the podcast and um, so that was kind of the initial thought and it's happening now. Okay, well, I need to sign up now. So it was a, it was a kind of a, an opportunity, but it almost, it, it, it was there. It was, it was just ready waiting for that thing to be available and uh, it just came at the right time. So, yeah, so Sue so, so, so still hasn't got a podcast. She, she might have shortly, but uh, so <laughs> We're still working on that one, but uh, I'm so, so glad that I, <laughs> I I took on doing the course myself in order to share it. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been been quite life-changing, really, I think.
1: Yeah. How so? Yeah. Uh,
0: well, th- the the process, I mean, the, the, the technical stuff, and Seth says this very clearly, that the technical stuff, you, you know, you can do that. You can watch a video. You can read some stuff, and, and you, you, you'll you know everything you need in terms of the technical Stuff of of turning on the microphone and recording something, but it's a bit more to it than that. And there's the whole kind of approach of what is it that you've got to say? What is what what is it that you and who is it you want to say it to? What what's the change you're trying to make? Um, and how does that all come together? And then you start to press record. <laughs> Always remember to press record. I'm just checking the lights flashing. Yes, it is good. Um, and uh, it's. In the process, you discover that something starts to form. And I realized that there was uh, a voice that I had that I hadn't. So people talk about discovering your voice. I'm, I'm not quite sure whether, I, I understand that. And I, I've talked about that myself, but it's almost like you need to use your voice. So there's that thing of working out what it is you want to say, who you want to say it to, for, for what reason and that process of working it through and then starting to practice doing the things and and saying things um, it starts to have a knock-on effect into all kinds of of ways of thinking of ways of talking so that the um, I think the process of practicing and being careful about what you're saying you and avoiding the ands and the urs and the ums and the and the, and the awkward poses. Because that makes more editing. You got to do. You got to deal with that. So you got to edit it out. So it's better to avoid those things. So you start to become more measured in what you're saying and how you're saying it. And I found I was doing that. I wasn't podcasting to, to people in, in in a conversation in the kitchen, but but I was taking on board that communication skill which which was growing in me. And I think, oh, that's interesting. Which is you know is that a podcast? Well, it is. It's a podcasting thing, but it's also a much wider thing. So I think it's had a bigger effect and it's brought an a, an approach to. Um, to learning, an approach to building things, going forward. What is I'm, I made this? Being able to, to to have something that you you create, so it's really, it's it's a, an expression of creativity as well. So there's a whole range of of ac- aspects of podcasting, which seem to go beyond the basic thing of what is a podcast, you know, actually creating this thing and sending it out into the world, into the wild, <laughs> um, and who's listening? You're never quite sure. Uh, even if you look at your numbers you're never quite sure <laughs> so that 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 process kind of it seems to have grown something i mean changed me in the process i'm still me but you know it's it's built something and allows an expression of something which I, again with like with the alpacas and being a, an expression of a shepherd to to the alpacas that something in the podcasting there's something being expressed that i didn't know was missing or it, it pulls the strands together and makes something into. It feels more complete.
1: That's that's where I am. That's my journey anyway. Um, so that's beautiful. Now, when we did the course together, as I mentioned almost two mm-hmm. years ago, we were both students, part of a, a large cohort. I don't even know how many people would have been on it, but there were people from all around the world. You obviously in Wales. I'm here in Australia. I've interviewed quite a number of the cohort. From that TPF, the Podcasting Fellowship number two, you are actually now the head coach of the Podcasting <laughs> Fellowship, and you're you're blushing yeah. you're blushing there on on camera. <laughs> absolutely, I know. Absolutely, how did that happen? Not the blushing, but the well, yeah, no. It's, before you before it's you talk on journey. it, you you were so helpful, and I just want to take a moment. You were so helpful for me, and I'm sure countless others not only in that course but once it had finished so i think it went for maybe three months where all the lessons rolled out and then we had time to do them and it's very collaborative and you give feedback and you receive it from others and you were just omnipresent on the platform and even afterwards you continued to host a weekly zoom call which i think only sort of recently has gone to once a month but maybe you still even do obviously with your head coaching Still no, there's, there's a small smaller group
0: of us that's from from the original there you go i um, thing that we, we still we still meet weekly, weekly. and then there's a, a larger grouping that meets monthly but
1: so yeah. you're always on zoom calls you're either on a zoom call or you're, <laughs> you're tending to your alpacas <laughs> either way yeah. you were incredible and that's part of why I think you are now where you are in, in that world, in, in Akimbo, helping with the podcasting fellowship. Why do you think you're where you are now? Hmm. Well, I,
0: I think it's obviously being given the opportunity um, is, is a major part of that. and And I guess other people seeing something, um, and recognizing something and often you need that because other people can see things in you that you can't. Uh, and often other people can believe more in you than you can. <laughs> we tend to put ourselves down a lot more than we should. Um, and And actually this is something I'm good at. There's a um, it's a good fit like when I went into to to be involved in environmental health it was a good fit and I wouldn't have known that's what I needed to do or to be at the start but it's you kind of grow into it and it becomes an expression it pulls things from from the past I mean I I was listening to podcasts before they were podcasts I was listening to um, the (laughs) some of the uh, so Adam Curry um don't know if you've heard of adam curry you can you can look this one up guys um and dave weiner who's he developed rss which is the really simple syndicate uh now can stand for something else as well but the rss feed is is the the heart of podcasting Uh, and then i was around when when ipods appeared (laughs) i i predate ipods wow he is old isn't he (laughs) um and 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 that whole kind of thing. So I've been around that and interested in in that kind of tech side of stuff. Um, and almost, almost, I got I got kind of a hair's breadth away from doing something at the time. Um, so there was there was a seed there that still needed to develop more. And I think there's there's those kind of things that that are in you. You need to kind of pay attention to have a, look, have a little look around and see what's there that's still seed or a, or, or a germinated seed that's starting to a seedling that's starting to grow. Um, and, and look for things that you can bring and give space to and allow it to flourish and to, to grow into something. So I think it was being recognized by other people uh, and given an opportunity and being prepared to step into that and say, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> and I just, you see, oh, the whole imposter syndrome, we, we know a lot about that, don't we? Yeah. Um, and we do tend to kind of go, who am I? Well, I'm, I am who I am and I can do this. Um, and I can't be this other thing, and I can't be this other person, but I can be me, and if that helps and that works, and that thing of working with people and explaining things and helping people and and provoking people, you know, hopefully in a positive way, uh, nudging people and that kind of thing is something that I've always done in a variety of ways um, through life, so I think it, it all fits with working as a as a coach and then working with the coaches the other you co- the other team working in a team it's i, I i'm not an, i'm not a solo person uh I, I need to be in a team really so that's that's just recognizing how i how i function so yeah no, but an interesting journey i didn't expect to end up <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> when, we, when i when i was doing the course the first time around it certainly didn't expect to, to it right. expect being right well
1: a like coach. you say you sort, you sort of took it up in order to help Sue, your wife, start her own, which yeah. she hasn't, and now you're a podcasting coach, a head coach. Yeah. on a journey. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, life's like that.
1: Yeah. Well, look, I've, I'm i sure you know I'm so grateful for all that you've done, but I'll take this opportunity to thank you again because the Hope Initiative certainly wouldn't be what it is without you, without your help. So really appreciate oh, thanks, it. Thanks, Yeah. Me. Yeah, you're welcome. So, Steve, your life – You've had and you've told us obviously a lot about it thus far. That eighteen-year-old boy, when you you left Newcastle, you expected to go mm. back one day. And you never have. How else has your life turned out differently than maybe what you expected it to forty-three years ago? Mm. Well, one of the thoughts
0: that we'd had early on was the the, the kind of study focus that that i had and and environmental health um and the stuff that my wife had done Uh, she did a degree in development studies so it was um a wide-ranging thing it was quite a unique kind of course um we were expecting that that potentially we would end up working abroad um in some kind of uh, you know as uh, as missionaries or uh, with our christian faith we we thought that was that could be an expression of of that or or sort of NGOs work working in in a community setting but it but overseas um and for one reason or another it didn't quite happen uh, and then it kind of moved on and you kind of think well what was what was that about then <laughs> that was that seemed to be so clear at the time and it was and sometimes those things they take different turns and sometimes it looks like it's gone sometimes it looks like it's, it was kind of a wrong thought or a wrong idea. And sometimes it surprises you and comes back later on in a different, slightly different way. And it's the same thing. And And when actually, you know, huh, when you get to my age, when you start reflecting back and you kind of go, Oh, there was that. Oh, there was that. And there's a pattern there. There are different expressions, but actually there's a number of things that are there that you go, that's, that's familiar that 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 makes sense now and that's come back and looped around and and i thought that had gone but it's come back and it's it's now if i hadn't done that then which seemed to be a dead end at the time i wouldn't you know i did a lot of the stuff uh, i i did with um environmental health a lot of studying le- legislation and understanding law being able to 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 interpret law to apply it uh, uh, for a whole variety of situations, regulations, all that, that kind of stuff. Right. And then later on, when I wasn't able to work, I, I was doing stuff which was then uh, working in the uh, voluntary sector and, and working with charities, um, and the whole kind of governance side of things, of developing um, policies and and procedures and, and and that kind of thing, and understanding how to interpret those things into a practical situation. And then, so. Those, those things that you kind of think, oh, it's nothing, to, I, I'm not doing anything with environmental health anymore. Well, I am, but in a very different kind of way. It's not It's not in the sphere of environmental health, but there are things I learned and things that, that developed in me then that are still relevant today. Um and I, th- I think it's, there's a number of those twists and turns when I mean, the, the illness wasn't expecting the illness, the, the moving down to Wales. We weren't expecting that. We actually came on a, on a honeymoon. We visited <laughs> some family da- down here. Uh, uh, we actually visit, visited, just down the road, not, not far down the road, um, a, a great uncle. And, uh, so we were actually in Swansea on our honeymoon Wow! and whoa, no way. Never a thought that we would end up living here ourselves. Really, you know, it's really odd thinking. Do you remember when, And then here we are now, now we're living here and we counted as home. That's, that's really strange. And we can never, it wasn't planned. It wasn't, it wasn't avoided. It wasn't, we were trying to, you know, it was just one of those things and a whole series of steps. And you never know this step that's in front of you. You never know quite how significant that's going to be. You just got to, Keep facing that direction, that long obedience in the same direction. Keep facing the direction that, that's really in your heart and and keep building those steps. And things that don't appear to be doing the right thing can actually all come together and, and, and become a, f- a fruitful thing. But you never quite get to the destination. The, for me, it's always been about the journey. How you journey is more important than achieving an end result. So... Yeah, I think we, we, we remain pilgrims for a long time, uh, if not forever, if not forever. So, yeah, that was, there have been, been a number of little twists and turns, so And so I certainly didn't expect to end up living in Swansea. But as I say, now Canada's home. Um, oh, I Love still it. count Newcastle as home as well. It's a different kind of home. Yeah, yeah. It goes a bit deeper, but yeah.
1: Sure. Love it, mate. Well, thank you for sharing that as well. That's some really good advice you mentioned before. You apologized for being philosophical, but um, I love it. <laughs> it's really, really good. So there's a few other questions that I want to ask, but I want to thank you again for taking the time. It's, you know, early over there for you, but I, I don't, you know, disregard. You've got a busy life and taking the time to do this. You've got your own podcast, which I believe you've got, is it episode, what, 86, 87? 87, 87, 87 out tomorrow? To d- today? To go up today, yeah. Today. Today, yeah. There you go. Or later today, because I think I think that's yeah. I realise, yeah, it would probably click over midnight here. So when I check on my podcast app, it's on a Thursday. A bit tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there you go. But eighty seven. So you've been so consistent with that. And I know I'm jumping back to your podcast, but this was something that I wanted to ask. How have you mm. managed to say stay so consistent? Because, you know, doesn't matter if your episodes are an hour long, ten minutes long, a minute long, it's still that ability to ship an episode to release something every week and stay disciplined do you have any tips mm. to people listening who maybe you know want to start their own podcast want to start their own blog or anything like that how how, yeah. how you've done it
0: i I, th- I think you've got to make the decision is, is the first thing and it's you know it's kind of it's a it's a promise to two people one to yourself but it's also a promise to your listeners or, or, or your audience you know, people you're writing for or whatever and it it's this this is just what i do it's a it's a weekly podcast and um you can do things to make life easier or more difficult for yourself but the that kind of commitment that says this is what i'm go- this is who i am this is what i do uh and you 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 just made that choice and you get on and and do the work that's necessary, and sometimes it's it's right to the to the wire, and other times it's it's in hand and it's it's scheduled, and you're ahead of yourself, and and that's where that's the best place to be, um, to to have the thing thought through and not not get swamped with other other things, but it's for me it's a priority, and, and therefore I, I make it make it happen, um, but there are times when it is really oh, right right on the edge. It's, uh, oh, so frustrating when that happens because it's not where I want to be. Sure. But I'm st- I'm still wanna be there. I'm still gonna do it. So, so yeah, yeah. So it's it's making that decision, I think, is the, the key yeah key factor.
1: Brilliant. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, it's also in a sense comforting to know that even someone like yourself who who has done so many episodes so consistently can still have some go down to the wire. You know, it's often that you don't know the story behind a ream of podcasts if you go onto your podcast you know on any app and you scroll down on a phone there's so much work there Um, and you're never going to have a full concept of how much goes into it but some of them might be prepared a day or two in advance or weeks in advance whereas some and certainly in my case I'm not necessarily speaking totally on your behalf but drawing from that you know down to the wire you know cliche that you mentioned there it's sort of like I've released some editing overnight that was the case for many of my first probably dozen episodes editing through the night in order to get it out on a Thursday so it can be tough yeah,
0: yeah. but it's because you made a promise to yourself wouldn't you
1: yeah to do that yeah so that's great yeah. nice one well look Steve the reason why I started this podcast you may know you may recall from the from the course that we did those 2 years ago but i would like to recap for anyone who's listening to this for the first time so I wanted to ask everyday people uh, a, a question that I heard a lot on podcasts, high performers being interviewed, Olympians, entrepreneurs, billionaires. They were asked, what advice would you give to your 30-year-old self or to your your 21-year-old self? Uh, but their advice, I felt, wasn't super practical for me or maybe for the everyday person, hence stories with everyday people. So to you, Steve Hetherington, What is your advice what would you like to give advice to your your 21 year old self if you could go back 40 years you just just got married what would you like to Mm. say
0: (laughs) well there's all kinds of things that potentially could spring to mind at that but it's, (laughs) it's it's really i think um pay attention to the small steps it's easy to think that that you need to concentrate on the big stuff and that it's the, it's the big things that are most significant. Well, they're the loudest things perhaps, or the, you know, the kind of the most obvious things that stand out, but actually to get there, you've got to make a whole series of small steps. And that's where your focus needs to be consistently taking those small steps, making the choice, making the choice, making the choice, keep, keep at it. So it's, yeah, I think that that would, that would be it. So concentrate on the small steps.
1: Beautifully, beautifully said, mate. Thank you so much. Before we go, is there anything you would like to add? Maybe let people know where they can find you if they'd like to get in touch. Yeah. So I'm, I'm in various places. The,
0: the podcast uh, kind of links you back to most things. So Alpaca tribe, uh, podcast so if you search for alpaca track in fact it's one of those you know we were saying about right at the beginning about it being a niche um it really is a very small niche there's there's not many of us
1: you'd probably be the, the, alp- foremost, the foremost the foremost alpaca I'm, I'm podcast I'm, on the planet right you you're the you're the go-to I think, guy i well i'm kind of it really there's there's
0: some some that talk about alpacas uh, but it's a knitting it's a knitting podcast that talks about alpaca yarn <laughs> or something like that or it's they get mentioned here and there but I, I seem to be the only one that's doing consistently focusing on on alpacas um but uh, yeah so alpaca tribe um and that's got all the connection details there for for email to to get through to me and stuff there's also coming out of um the podcasting fellowship now uh, podcast and workshop workshop is uh, people who've done the, that course and people who have, have done any of the other akimbo courses and have a podcast we've been giving them opportunity to to share a taster a five minute taster in something we called the pod buffet so pod 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 buffet um, dot com and that will give you a, a little taster of lots of different People, it's a bit of a a, a mix. So it's a buffet because there's all kinds of things. You're never quite sure what you're going to get next. <laughs> um, and uh, we've got series two on uh, on the go, uh, being developed as we speak, yeah and that should be out fairly soon. But there's there's a hundred episodes sitting there waiting for for ears to listen to them. Yeah, um, so if you want to check that out, that's Pod Buffet, and that's probably the two best, best places to find me.
1: Lovely. Well, thank you again, Steve. Really appreciate your time. You're very welcome. enjoy your day. You're very welcome and you too it's been great speaking to you thanks so there you have it episode 59 of the Hope Initiative with Steve Hetherington thanks again to Steve for taking the time whenever I get someone who was in the TPF with me back two years ago it just reminds me of how much I learned in that process and how lucky I was to have been contributed to by such a generous group of people and that I was able to contribute to them as well so really appreciative of steve and and all of the other uh members of the tpf and of the akimbo community so if anyone's listening to this and wants to start their own podcast or wants to just do more creatively i do recommend checking out uh, akimbo Seth so them courses so check out that in the show notes as well as checking out everything that steve mentioned in this conversation his podcast the alpaca tribe and how to get in touch with him are all there as well And as always, guys, if you enjoyed this conversation, if you enjoy the podcast, the Hope Initiative, please take a screenshot right now. Take a screenshot, send it to a friend, post it on your social media, share it with someone you think it will resonate with, and yeah, spread the hope. Thanks again, and until next time, all the very best.